Hey everybody, welcome back to the Great and Terrible AHS. That's American Horror Story. We're doing Roanoke, uh, Season 6, Episode 2 today. Um, luckily, just named Chapter 2. I'll be honest, I do miss the fact that they don't have stupid names for every episode. It's a little... I miss it, you know? I, I miss I miss the bad episode names. Luckily, the content is still the same <laughs> as it ever was. Uh, yeah, we're doing Chapter 2 today, and... Um, I hope you're really okay with the interviewee versus reenactment uh, situation because it is. They do a lot. It's they not they do stop. it a lot today. Yeah, it's, it's not going to stop. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if anything, I'm worried they are at some point going to somehow introduce a third layer of observers. <laughs> <laughs> One well, thing at a time. We've got a lot to cover, so shall we? Uh, shall one of y'all want to take it away? Okay. Sure. Uh, well, I guess it starts with the opening, um, which is. Um, it, it's not normal American horror story um, format. They are leaning very, very hard into the ghost adventure stylization. Um, so it's it's less of a recap or like a uh, selling scene like we've seen in the last season that we saw or that we watched. Um, and it's more so showing like little clips and snippets of what's to it's come like in a, like a montage, yeah. I guess. It's like a documentary though, like you'd expect. Like it's it's like another kind of like like show documentary where it'd be like this t- on tonight's episode kind of thing, you know. So they're they're really selling you on like it's not American Horror Story. It's my No Roanoke Nightmare, you know. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, where they occasionally have like a weird bad JPEG of a Sasquatch that just like floats by gently <laughs> as some guy describes. Right. Like I definitely saw him. He was right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent that. And it did open this this episode. I don't remember if the last episode opened with this. I don't think it, it did. did not. But, no, it didn't. Um, it opens with the following is inspired by true events. Title card. Right. Um, and then like there is also another a wedged in in the middle of this sequence is another title card that says this story may contain disturbing images. Viewer discretion yeah. is advised. So they're really, really hamming it up with the uh the ghost adventure style documentary um right. type ripoff. Uh but it just shows us little scenes of what's to come, so I guess we'll just discuss those as they come. There's nothing like different in it. Yeah. Um, they're just little teasers. It's not especially significant yet. Um but yeah, then we go right back to where we were last time where uh the guy with his scalp missing is reaching for Shelby and then there's like this woman who's like dressed like you have the note pagan bog witch which i think is good and she's waving <laughs> around the his scalp to like kind of menace or and then and then yeah and then we get a Kathy Bates jump scare which is always nice um you know so uh yeah she's like what did she say you oh you wrote this down is awesome thank you yeah Liz. i wrote her, uh, i wrote her speech i down. am the queen of every hive i am the fire on every hill yeah it's like very dramatic and over the top in that style kathy bates right. has a lot of fun with this it's great she does, absolutely <laughs> and then um yeah and then they 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 nail a a, a pigtail onto a guy's a guy yeah <laughs> it's to his ass yeah so that happens um so Shelby, Shelby sees a deer, hears some drums, and then she like, yeah, so the, she found, she finds like their kind of ritual. So yeah, I don't know. I don't exactly know how this happened, meaning she got out of the car to see who she hit and then ran into the swamp guys and went running and then comes upon this ritual where they're putting the tail on the guy's ass and then um, does all that. So yeah, they, yeah. And then basically in the ritual, she's watching from like a tree or something and then they dress this dude up like a pig guy. Like they put a pig head on him. Uh, I guess they were yeah, stealing food or whatever. And then like, yeah, 
even oh, though I didn't even catch that he had done a crime. I just assumed <laughs> this was like a thing they were yeah. doing. Like they were like, we got to make another pig man or else, you know, or else it goes bad in the woods. Yeah, I, I didn't actually committed a crime. Me yeah. neither, actually. Yeah. But um, no, yeah, he but, had stolen food from the storehouse like a little so piggy. This this man uh, also is screaming because he's being burned alive. And yet ridiculously Shelby like steps on a twig and they all go <gasps> and it's like come on get out of here you're in the forest a and then like so there's animals that do that anyway and b yeah I, I I do not believe for even a second that also like doesn't Kathy Bates like like she doesn't even break character she just like goes from doing the whole I'm the spear of battle who am I but both the tree and the lightning that strikes it Apprehend her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, she's like, seize yeah. her. Yeah, it's yeah. Really they good. They try really hard to make the twig snapping sound effect sound really, really loud. But even the sound effect they play is just like it's wildly. It is wildly yeah. overshadowed by the man who is screaming for his life as he is burning to death. Like Does there is in no universe in which the whole group of people hears Shelby snap a like a branch like 200 feet away there's no universe in where they hear it um also kind of funny implication here is that when shelby was running away um from the scalp holding bog witch um she ran in a full circle and stumbled upon this ritual where uh, kathy bates um is yeah. performing the sermon basically um which means she hit kathy bates with her car followed kathy bates into the woods because kathy bates is like i'm late for my ritual um got scared and then ran back into Kathy Bates, who's now doing like this weird sermon ritual thing, um, which means Kathy Bates has no time for fucking around, period. Like getting hit by a car, not relevant. I gotta go I gotta go burn up a pig man. <laughs> like, it gets Kathy better. Bates... Yeah, just it stand get... up and brush your shoulders off. It's fine. <laughs> it gets it gets better because then in the chase, uh Shelby manages to make it back to the road, then she's hit by a car and then that and then and then passes out oh she almost gets hit rather and it's lee driving so she's driving she hits kathy bates she gets out to check on her finds the ritual runs back on the road gets hit by lee which is kind of funny when you think about it but um even better is last episode when she drives off and lee goes to matt like nah just let her go and matt's like yeah i'm just gonna let my wife drive alone in the woods that's fine is that even then matt doesn't go to like find her eventually i guess when they change her mind lee still has to do it so <laughs> yeah, I had a moment where I was like, who is driving this car? Because they only have one vehicle. And then Lee got out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess they couldn't have Matt drive Lee's vehicle. That'd be crazy. It or has just to be Lee. Or have him come with her or something. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, so um, what stinks is then, well, what happens then is we go back in and then she, Shelby's taken to the hospital. This is like told to us in the documentary style, just so they don't have to film all that. Um, you know, and then apparently she was telling a lot of wild stories about human sacrifice, but the cops couldn't find anything. So now in the hospital, we have Matt coming to Shelby. He's like, I w you know, he's like, he can't protect her because he's a shattering, uh, a I, traveling I, I, I also, yeah. I would like to interject with a small thing here of mm -hmm. if it turns out this is a thing that was actually happening, that they were burning human flesh in the middle of the woods along with a large bonfire, mm -hmm. even if they somehow picked up and cleaned everything, hey everybody, burning flesh and human hair and other things, not a pleasant smell, pretty easy to pick <laughs> up on. Also a huge bonfire in the middle of the woods, you can smell it for like day. You can tell when a fire's been at a place for 
a while. So if this is real, the cops are either in on it or they have just decided to be the least effective police uh, possible, which, you know, could be both. Yeah. A little bit of column so, A, a little bit of column B, probably. Um, probably. This mm-hmm. part, the the hospital scene where Matt comes to visit Shelby in the hospital is very, <laughs> very frustrating. because he- Shelby does <laughs> the most... Oh, my God. So we had the whole alley to Super Alley 2 transformation in the middle of last season. Well, this time it's episode two where <laughs> Shelby goes from Shelby to like like violent Vamp- vampire Shelby. hunter Shelby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just wild because, yeah, um, Shelby, who, as 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 in the notes stated, just witnessed a human sacrifice, watched a man get a pigtail nailed to his ass while he was being burned alive, had a, a bog witch yell, seize her, and a bunch of people run at her, uh, who, I might add, she launched the bog witch with her car, um, and, yeah, did have an experience with teeth rain. Um, then says to Matt, who Matt's like, I get it. We need to go. This is this is too messed up. We should leave. And then she goes, no, it's a big <laughs> prank. We're staying. I'm not owned. I'm not going to be owned by a bog witch. I'm over this bog witch prank. It was those damn polks again. <laughs> yep. Which, yep, yep, yep. Oh my God! What kind of budget does Shelby think the neighbors have for this level yeah. of theatrics? Is Kathy Bates working with Mr. Beast? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> how much money do you have? Do you know how expensive it is to make teeth rain, bro? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Shelby just gives like the Uno reverse card of like, no, I, now I'm the one who refuses to leave, and Matt's like, makes sense. Um, and so they well, double down on saying, "Yep." Yeah. <laughs> okay, sweaty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's. But everyone will be thrilled to know that now we get the exposition, the very confusing exposition of um, a character that we all love from the last episode, who is Lee. Um, this takes place, this chunk is mostly an interview with the real Lee. Um, very confusing. Um, and she says... And I quote that looking back, um, she understands why her husband got full custody because something that she did during air quotes those times is her great shame, which we'll find out what that is later. Um, But the way they frame it is that it's something that happens while she's at the house, um, the like weird redneck murder house, um, which she does bring her child to. Um, Which is very odd, given that it's established in the last episode that she has already lost custody of her child at this point. She does not. She already does not have custody of the child. Yeah, she she has like really deep shared custody, right? Where she gets like I think it's visitation a month. I think it's like visitation rights, basically. Yeah. Yes. Which like not not unsupervised either. Well, yeah, I was going to say, this is like pretty deep stuff, having the, the other parent there, because like I dealt with a bunch of like different like foster homes and stuff as a kid, and yeah, this kind of visitation with the parent, that's like super rare, and I don't, uh, it feels weird, like if they were like, hey, we're going out to a house in the middle of the woods, let's do that, I have a feeling the dad would have the right to be like, no, <laughs> which, don't worry, later he does, he does go, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, exactly. You know, I could even get behind if it weren't like a, you know, a whole like 
she's like got a drug issue kind of deal like i could get behind you know maybe like the visitation thing unsupervised but yeah this whole like now you get to bring her somewhere where nobody's quite sure what it is and there's no hospitals or things around that's weird you know also the police have been called to this establishment like four times in the last week yeah there's a lot wrong here but yeah so yeah lee is just like hey you know what let's bring it let's bring my kid to the woods or whatever that's fiona uh is it flora or fiona I guess Fiona. Flora. It's Flora. Flora. Oh, I wrote oh, sorry, Fiona, I but it's Flora. Yeah. No, no problem. So yeah, because so ba- Fiona is a is is a more common. Yeah, it looks it looks like Fiona in the subtitles a lot. <laughs> gotcha. So also the other problem is, of course, Lee was brought in in the first place to kind of like help protect you know Shelby from these people, you know, while Matt's away, but. She's like, I can bring my daughter here. That's safe. Which is like, nah, I don't think so. That's also not a smart idea, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, especially if you're, like, working under the assumption of, like, there's a bunch of, like, super racist dudes who want to, like, harass and, Mm -hmm. you know, cause us grief because we're black. Maybe not a great... Not a great place to bring your kid, huh? Yeah. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe nah. don't. Yeah, no. <laughs> maybe yeah. fucking don't. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh. So, um, yeah, so basically, uh, and it's a big house, so, of course, anyway, so... Lee goes to make her sandwich and of course she goes to wander off and she's kind of like lost or whatever and then you know she's talking to a ghost named Priscilla she's talking to Priscilla she's like my imaginary friend Priscilla so basic horror movie stuff in my notes I have when Lee the actress then or the I'm sorry Lee the real person's talking to us about the documentary she goes I've heard that sometimes this happens with children of divorce. They just start making stuff up. And it's like, hey, I've heard this happening with children. And we can just stop the sentence there. Sometimes kids <laughs> yeah, just, children know, just like, make shit up. Yeah, that's the thing kids do. It's part of developing an imagination. It's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So, like, yeah. And Fiona, basically, she's like, she's in, like, this little, th- like, crawl space talking to, to Priscilla. Uh, F- Flora is, excuse me. Flora is talking. And she's like, um... Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Flora says, like, Priscilla's going to make her a bonnet like hers if they help her make it stop because she's tired of all the blood. And, you know, it's, sure. Yeah, like, that's, you know, not, thinks nothing really of that. Oh, kids, then, whatever. Yeah, they just hear, like, a big bang, and it turns out her face <laughs> had just exploded, and Lee checks on it, and there was a little bonnet next to it. Um, immediately after her child told her, the ghost said she'd make me a funny bonnet if I helped her stop all the murder, and then, like, she just finds a bonnet next to an exploded vase and goes... Oh, divorce must be hitting this kid hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the ghost literally just handed her a receipt that said, I'm a ghost. Your daughter is right. It's real. You yeah. can believe. And she's just like, man, divorce is really fucked up. I can't believe like 50% of marriages. This is oh, so sad. Poor Flora. Really going through it right now. I'm going to kill you. You, Homer Simpson. Exactly. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But um, so like. What do you call it? Then we have later, like, Matt and Shelby are in bed, and Shelby says what are, like what we're all thinking, which is, why would Lee bring her kid here? And, you know, it's basically like, Lee wants to spend more time with her kid, so she's multitasking, I guess, so <laughs> fine. Um, so, like, what do you call it? And then, yeah, yeah, we have, like, Lee apparently still doesn't believe Shelby about all this stuff, even though, well, you know, you're right, you were right fucking there, Lee, but fine. Um, and then we hear... We hear Pigman hollering again, you know, good old Pigman. Um, 
and uh, we go out. What do you call it? Um, so this time, like, yo, Shelby just like rolls up. Like they both hear it, and like, whereas opposed last time, where Matt was like, "I'm gonna go," and Shelby's <laughs> like, "No, no, don't." This time, before Matt's even out of bed, Shelby's like already at the doorway with a bat, and she's like, "I'm gonna go hit the pig man with a bat." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm gonna yeah. Go beat his ass. That's enough of He's like, hey, enough. Hey, honey, that's probably not a good idea. And he and she just goes, "Shut up, you hypocrite! I'm gonna go hit a pig man with a bat." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I'm I'm really glad we didn't have to sit through like seven episodes of like timid Shelby. There's a clown. Yeah, we we got ass beaten Shelby in episode two. I actually really enjoy this development (laughs) as a character. Yeah, this is good. This is good stuff. Aggressive Sarah Paulson's a good time. I agree. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um, (sighs) what do you call it? Uh, let's see. So yeah, Shelby heads out into the woods That's <laughs> to right. go fight a pig man. Oh yeah, and then she finds like another. What is this one? Oh yeah, that's right. There's like a big flaming like thing. It's not really a cross. It's like a big Blair Witch so, knockoff Blair so, Witch yeah, like, thing. So first she goes out into the woods and like the pig man's just like running around in circles out in the woods, being like, "Whoa, I'm a pig man!" And she's just like, <laughs> "Come on, come come out here, you son of a bitch! I'll kill you!" Mm-hmm. And, uh, then Matt's behind her and is just like. Huh, I hear the pigman, but I can't see him. And then a full real boar just like jump scares him. He's oh, like, Oh, that's right. Oh, whoa. Real pig. What the? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Shelby just keeps walking and puts her hand over her mouth in horror because she has found another uh, identical pig sacrifice tower. Um, this one doesn't have a man also- on it, though. This one just has like a chopped up pig, which is yeah. now th- that means there's three pigs involved in this specific scenario. The one on the pyre, the one that's running around as a pig man, and then the pig that jump scares Matt. There's a lot of pigs involved here. Mm-hmm. And so Matt, using his entire brain, says, I need to spread this fire and start <laughs> bashing the flaming tower to pieces and spreading it around the woods. It's, like a yeah, it was a brain bad genius. Move. Yeah, real, Matt loves real. This. Matt not loves a. Um, like destroying evidence, number one on Matt's list of things that he loves doing. He loves destroying evidences of crimes. This is num- we're two for two. Yeah. Every episode, Matt destroys some evidence. Um, and and th- now that the show, now that the showrunners have had two people observe a piece of evidence at the same time, it is quantum locked as real. <laughs> so they mm-hmm. call the police in because now there's no denying it. Two people saw it at the same time. So unless they decide to pull a group hallucination, this is officially real. Um, and the police seeing all of this, seeing this murder tower, and I do believe also, for the record, I think when they first find this is where Matt goes, this is kind of like a step above burning a cross on their lawn, which to me makes me think, so in your universe, you're aware that that's what racists do. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. they, don't, they don't make teeth rain. <laughs> they just right. burn a cross on, like, that's the thing they do. Uh, <laughs> so, which then goes back to, so you think they're messing with you with all all this elaborate stuff, but they were willing to just do a cross burn. So why would they do tooth rate? Aye, aye. But like, aye, aye. And what's annoying is it doesn't look like a cross. And I know that sounds nitpicky, but it's like, no, why would it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why overcomplicate it? It's like a big Blair Witch thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's clearly is, not quite that. Is, He's like, aha. Very good. It, each, like, each season of American Horror Story obviously tries to, like, I'll say very generously, pull inspiration from existing horror tropes. Um, this one, <laughs> very clearly, air quotes, inspired Yo, by the Blair Witch. 
That was that was so generous. That was yeah. Ebenezer Scrooge and the Christmas Carol generous. <laughs> they they rip off yeah. stuff that is popular. Like the pyre, the little dolls, they are all so. And like the, we'll see something yep. later. We'll see some found footage that is just like one hundred percent. We bought the spirit Halloween version of the Blair Witch props, no, and we're is, using yeah. them. <laughs> We're no, this is a one million percent that I'm. Yeah, but anyway, um, so yeah. the police see this big structure of clearly of some ritual sacrifice on their lawn that these people are reporting, where they have been reporting for multiple days. They have been being terrorized by this group of people, but you have not been able to find evidence. Well, good news, now there's evidence. So what do the police do? Oh boy, you just don't know how hard it is to find these Polk fellas. Is it, <laughs> Ishmael? Ishmael Polk, real son of a bitch. He just kind of floats around wherever, like mm-hmm. a like a dog or a ghost. No real sense of right or wrong, just does stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's completely arbitrary, exactly. This is weeks later, by the way, or like at least a week later, which means they still have not found the Polks. Like, this right. one cop has been trying to find the Polks this whole time. Still can't find them, and he's like, hey. Stop asking me to find the Polks. I'm trying. It's I'm hard, trying, okay? okay? Just give me, you have to give me some time on it. I'm trying to multitask here. <laughs> I got a lot of crimes luckily, to deal with. <laughs> luckily, even American Horror Story can't deny that at this point, the police would have their hand forced and would need to leave a squad car in the driveway, at the very least, as a symbol of, hey, don't fuck with these people, okay? Right, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and also, like, Shelby's, like, very demanding of it. She's like, hey, motherfucker, no, you gotta do something. These people just burned a pig in our front lawn. You're fucking staying here. And I, I do, like, Matt's like, yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, she, like, you know, really stood up for herself. And it's, it's just like, well, but the police should have, you know, yeah. done anything about yeah. this. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, yeah. the, f- the phone rings downstairs because we have just hard cut to Shelby and Matt in bed. And uh, phone rings downstairs, which, again, very weird to have a landline with only one phone very far away from all of the bedrooms. That Mm -hmm. just real, real haunted house shit. Um, So Matt goes downstairs to answer the phone, which, again, like, damn, that thing must have been ringing for like 90 seconds and there's like no answering machine. Brutal, brutal. Um, but Matt picks it up, and all he hears is a ghost lady going, Oh, they're hurting me. Please don't let them hurt me. Please don't. No, no, my bones. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> then Matt goes, What are you talking about, lady? Your bones are fine. <laughs> what, what is this, a prank? And she goes, Oh, my bone. No, don't give me the juice. It's bad for my bones. <laughs> and then, uh, looks down, and whoa, the phone is actually unplugged. Oh. So there wasn't a call. What the? And then he uh, hears an old lady behind him in the living room turns around and there's an old lady with two nurses who are just kind of like <sighs> they're like the the trope of like like nasty twins like jester yeah. twins like uh like uh, oh god there's like this really detestable pair of clowns in final fantasy 9 and they are yeah. just those but as nurses they are just zorn and thorn as as nurses and i fucking hate them like so the, the old lady's just like, no, the medicine makes me bad. It makes my butt hurt. And then yeah. the nurses are just like, does that sound like back talk to you? And then she goes, yeah, yeah, that's back talk. And then Valerie Solanas comes out the back and goes, yeah, that's back talk. And pulls out her revolver and shoots the old lady in the head for not taking her medicine. Um, it is like... 
it's so over the top and ridiculous that it's hard not to perceive it as comedy. Like, this is like what I imagine like a super hardline right wing thing would have done as a sketch about like Obama death panels. Or yeah, whatever. right. Like, it's yeah, so it's fucking so... over the top. It's just like, take your medicine. I don't want to. Kill her. Yeah. <laughs> 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 there, and like, again, so many of these scenes. That's universal be, healthcare for you. Oh, like, <laughs> so many of these scenes could be played as comedy if like just the music was like a little bit different because it literally is I don't want to take my medicine and the other gu- the other nurse is immediately like time to get my gun like mm-hmm. there is no right. the comedic timing is impeccable if only it was meant to be funny um and yeah. then they paint a big and then they pull out a can of spray paint mm-hmm. and spray paint an M on the wall and go M is for Margaret <laughs> like they like legitimately like can't stop laughing like they're like the hyenas from Lion King rolling around <laughs> on the ground over this and it's like mm-hmm. yeah that's the First letter ever named. I just want to say, for the record, these nurses really poorly written. Their motivation yeah, is it's... beyond unclear. <laughs> it is Imagine wild. if a speak and spell was a living person and also wanted to do violence. That's these two Desired nurses. Yeah. Violence. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. A possessed but... speak and spell? That's about Roanoke so far, yeah. Yep. But, um,. So, yeah, Lee, Lee's woken up uh, by. Wait, what is this? Lee's woken up by manging on the cop's window at 3 a.m. Yeah, the cop's window, yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah. Matt starts freaking out and runs oh, out to right. the cops because he just saw an old lady yeah, get yeah, shot yeah. in the that's head. Right. Um, Matt, again, kind of disappointed he doesn't at this point have the awareness that perhaps the two ladies who would not respond to him or react to him despite the fact that they just did this and clearly never observed him and also it's very wild. Mm-hmm. He didn't think to maybe like walk into another room and then walk back and make sure it was still there. Like, I don't know. I feel like at this point, you'd be like, one sec, vibe check on ghosts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. Like, hey, you, you, just... know, you know what might have made him more likely to do that? If Shelby had mentioned seeing the ghosts in the last episode, just saying, just throwing that out there. If she had mentioned God, seeing these yeah, exact if, two nurses. Imagine if he had already knew there were nurse ghosts and he was yeah, like, right? oh, the nurse ghosts again. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, absolutely could have saved a lot. They had her, I assume that's why they had her not mention it because if she had mentioned it, he would have been like, oh, these are the ghosts ghosts my wife mentioned before like right no, and then, uh, he didn't yeah. know about them therefore he thought they were real which is also pretty specious i think but you know fine well i no it doesn't make any sense oh, come on oh by like, the way he thinks that the reason he's hallucinating all of this um is because he got punched in the face in la he thinks that when he got like uh, brain damaged and he got brain yeah. damaged. Did like Saitama rearrange his like neurological <laughs> structure? What the fuck? Like how hard did you get punched, brother? <laughs> oh my god. god. Oh my god. No, but um so yeah, so Lee gets woken up because he's trying to he's banging the cop's door. The cop comes in. Of course there's nothing there, right? And Lee's a cop <laughs> understand yeah, Lee's like they don't want to help you because you know, because yeah, Lee just is like, oh, my my brother and sister-in-law are getting a reputation as a bunch of kooks in this town, and the police are going to stop caring because they're crying wolf so often or whatever. And right, and it's like, like... Sure, I guess. They did have a big structure with slaughtered pigs on it like a week ago, though. Yeah. So that's, What's up? That's a pretty convincing card, I think. Yeah, and I hate it because, yeah. like, yeah, that would be a thing, like, if the same thing kept happening and they weren't finding evidence. But, like, it feels like this specific part would have been super easy to write an explanation for by just saying, like, 
the cops figured they were shaken up by the event of the previous day that they also physically tangibly observed because that would right. make sense yeah. right if the characters were shaken up by something that is actually happening and yeah. hallucinated nurse ghosts like that makes more sense but they're like nah the cops just don't believe them for some reason <laughs> I think it's like, you know, like when you're on Metroid 4 and you're having trouble explaining why she doesn't have her guns anymore. And it's just like American Horror Story Season 6. Like, okay, why wouldn't the cops believe I'm on this one? Oh, we're running out of stuff. You know, that's the only thing I can say. But whatever. Yeah, it's still crap. It, it becomes yeah. even, we will get some exposition later from another character we're about to be introduced to that makes it even more confusing why the cops mm-hmm. aren't on board. Because the cops will be aware of what could potentially be <laughs> happening in the house. Um, yeah. And it's that's just ignored entirely. <laughs> so uh, Mason, uh, Lee's ex-husband, shows up to pick up Flora because visitation time is over. Um, and apparently, Flora, as a child, has decided to make her own special version of hide and seek. Which, based on everything I know from parents and slow beef, you can you can verify this or you know back up my gut feeling on this. Um, is the one thing every parent would tell their child never to do. <laughs> it is horrifying, which is, I'm just going to go play hide and seek and go get lost and see how long it takes you to realize I am missing and then come find me, which sounds like a great way for a child to wander off and never be seen again. <laughs> I, uh, if I could read my notes from this part, it's, um, yeah, uh, you know, Quote, it makes her feel nostalgic, which is like um, Lee's way of saying why this is okay. And then I wrote, absolutely not, with an exclamation point. Because, yeah, you can't do this. Like, get the, like, yeah. the fuck's wrong with you? Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just came up with my own fun version of hide and seek where I jump in a lake and see how long it takes you to notice I jumped <laughs> so, in a lake. <laughs> Non-consensual hide and seek. Very, very oh. quick story. My son played this game on his, like, fourth or fifth, <laughs> fourth birthday, I think. And he walked yeah. out the front door, and he went into the car, and we couldn't find him for ten minutes. And it is the f- most frightening fucking thing. We found him, obviously. And, uh, <laughs> so you know what? You know what you do? You put a fucking stop to that. You, that's not, you know, it's, it's not happening. There is no world where you you're like, You must explain game. that hide and seek needs to be consensual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the first things you need to explain to your child. You cannot hide and seek without informing the seeker in advance. Yep. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, no. Yeah. That's not happening. No parent and in so, the world. Yeah, so, no so parent. Lee and Mason are apparently like, we love when our daughter does the thing that's the sum of all fear for all yeah. parents ever. Everywhere, <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Endearing. Especially in the haunted murder house with a bunch of who we presume racists who want to kill us. Exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. right. Yeah. So they find her in this crawl space where um, she's like, um, "What does she say?" Sorry, I'm she's literally bargaining so, with a ghost to not kill right. her family. Yeah. To offer yeah, her like she, doll she's in, in a exchange. Little, in, yeah, she's in a weird little cupboard, and she says, "Yeah, I was talking to Priscilla and said." Um, Priscilla said that they I, I was giving her my doll to try and get her to stop from killing everybody because she told me that the rest of them are going to kill all of us and then save me for last, which uh, Mason, uh, Lee's ex-husband, has the exact correct uh, response, which is, how the fuck did our daughter know to even say, save me for last? That's so <laughs> fucked up. I'm taking our kid. I'm going. Yep. You never get, cons- like, that's it. That's it. You go from visitation to nunsitation. You're done. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't, don't start thinking Le- Mason's a good parent yet, though, listener. We got more coming. But anyway, yes, he has a very, <laughs> very <laughs> good, yes, he has a very smart reaction here. Um, he takes her away. 
And she's like, no, I'm never going to see her again. Lee, I mean, you know, starts freaking um, out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, yeah, Lee's they, like, that was the worst day of my life. So I fell off the wagon, which I guess for her was drinking unless like someone else had pain pills lying around somewhere. Yeah, she's like, well, and then she so this bugs the shit out of me because she gets cartoon drunk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, doesn't even try to hide anything. But it's like, I mean, like Angela Bassett's a good actress. So I don't know what happened here, but she's just like. You're not going to tell me not to be a mom, you potato. You know, like almost like a completely comic sort of thing. And it's like, <laughs> like when they first find her, she had like broken some plates or something because she had like toppled over. And it legitimately like reminded me of like scraping one of my best friends off the ground at the end of a Halloween party and being like, come on, Mr. Man, we got to go. <laughs> or yep. it's like, I'm sorry, I broke your plate. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like ridiculous. <laughs> Like, again, this is the level of drunk you get, not just from drinking, but from drinking for, like, eight hours straight while doing strenuous activity the whole time. Like, yeah. it's just, like, fall on the ground exhausted. Just, again, if you were falling off the wagon, I guess you'd get pretty wasted. But, yeah, you would have some form of, like, shame or trying to hide it. It just, yeah. Yeah, ugh. I'll point yeah. out that the thing that's broken is a bowl of popcorn. So, like, even though it's the worst day of Lee's life and she has now resorted to drinking an entire bottle of vodka, which is shown on the floor next to her, um, she still is like, I'm going to make some popcorn. And then immediately destroys the bowl that's holding the popcorn and is found on the ground crying because the bowl is broken. Um that's what <laughs> that's when she's discovered by Lee and Shelby uh, or not Lee and Shelby, uh, Matt and Shelby, um, right. who find all of the knives from the kitchen stuck in the ceiling. And they're like, Lee, you prankster. I <laughs> was so annoyed with this. Yeah. When they're like, I don't believe she was so drunk. Okay. She put it in this high ceiling. I, I, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. So for anyone who's listening along and not watching the show, there's an important point about the knives that are stuck in the ceiling, which is the ceiling is like a solid 16 feet up. Yeah. yeah it's it's no a massively way. high it, ceiling. Yeah, it's not like a normal ceiling where, like, for example, if me, like a six foot one dude, held a knife over my head and jumped and maybe gave it a little bit of a chuck, it would like stick in there pretty good. Mm -hmm. No, this is like somebody pulled out a 10 foot ladder, climbed up it, and like artisanally shoved the knives into the ceiling individually. Mm -hmm. Not something a drunk person would be like, they're all perfectly vertical. Like, it's not a sloppy job. It, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not like she was thinking this is Lee at the in any capacity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it, Plus, oh my like, God. given everything else, you know, like tooth rain, ghost nurses, even if you didn't believe all that, it's like, isn't the picture coming together? Uh, the <laughs> knife that mysteriously appeared in the meat yeah. standing straight up that you also blamed on Lee? Mm. <laughs> the broken vase with the bonnet next to it. Like, all, all things point to ghost at this point, but, like, everyone's like, no. This mm -hmm. is racism, which yeah. fair, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, so like Matt comically kind of carries Lee to bed and is like, sleep now, silly drunk person. Uh, you got to relax. Like, you got to get your shit together, girl. It's like, OK, it's not great that she relapsed, but she did also just lose custody, allegedly, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But so whatever, you know. Um, and then, yeah, the ghost nurses are by Lee's bed as he as he leaves the room. You know, but she's drunk and like passed out, so she's not going to see that. So, uh, Shelby calls Matt downstairs because there's a scary ghost lady outside the window. Um, and then they go outside and they find a cellar door in the woods that with a ladder, like in Lost or something. So they go down, but before that, we see Lee wakes up. She sees the ghost nurse, but she disappears. And then she wanders out and she's like, she said, like the the real Lee says something like, you know, I was three sheets to the wind, but like she sees. And we're going to, I think, like, 
I didn't know what they were. They're pigtails nailed up against the wall. Yeah. And it's like later in the episode, there's more with pigtails. So you go, oh, those were pigtails. Because it's not clear. They're just like fleshy it's things. It's just like, yeah, they just look like like rods of flesh that are wiggling all over. Because they're not curled up like pigtails or anything. So it's not yeah, an it, immediate read. It doesn't work as body <laughs> horror or anything. Because the, the whole time you're like, what am I looking at? You know? <laughs> and then, and then behind... <laughs> is what was my favorite part of the episode, which is she gets jump scared by a pigman in the mirror, but the pigman's just kind of like boogieing. <laughs> like, <I don't> <laughs> yeah, that's like, right. Clearly, they were just like, okay, you need to be really animated so people notice you and stuff, and like you can't do anything with your face because you're wearing like a full head pig mask. So I guess just kind of like gyrate at it a little. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like vibe at it and like. Again, shout out to the Pigman. Great, great stuff. Loved it. Ten out of ten. Like, it, you know, very, very limited repertoire when you're wearing a full pig mask and you're not allowed to move from one spot. You just kind of get a wiggle at them. Do a funky little <laughs> dance. So Do a little shimmy. <laughs> a very good big, scene. big Pigman fans in this house. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, how could you not be? But like, <laughs> um. <laughs> So, like, now we go back to Matt and Shelby, who are going down into, like, this little cellar, you know, or it's, like, some, or like, a bunker where someone was living, and there's a video camera and tapes that they take home. So, we are going all the way in on our found footage fest, and, um, what do you call it? So, the on the tape, there is a guy, they start watching it, um, and he's played by Dennis O'Hare, who's a, a heart, AHS alum, you know. And this is, it's from 1997, he's, he's Elias Cunningham, and every other piece of media that has done the person losing their mind talking to a video camera thing has done this better than American Horror Story, in my opinion, but whatever. Um, he's a doctor, and, or no, he wasn't a doctor, right? He's like, he's a professor, that's right, and he's like... He, yeah, he was, a, he was a professor, and he came to finish writing a novel about... Two nurses, Bridget and Miranda, who murdered all the people in an assisted facility, and then they decided to open their own assisted living facility. And um, he starts listing off everything he does and saying, all right, I'm going to list everything I know is true. Yeah. Fact. And then he starts talking about his book he's writing, which immediately made my skin crawl. It's like he's plugging. than it right? ever yeah. has. Because, like well, for subscribe. me, it was immediately, I was immediately like, this bastard's about to Alan Wake me. I swear to God, I'm going to get Alan Waked. And the fact that you wrote Alan Wake style in your notes <laughs> definitely makes me go like, God damn it, they're going to Alan Wake me. <laughs> it, it is. They were like, how can we make a turbo? And there's a reason for this, because there's going to be so much information you're going to have to remember that they needed a character that existed specifically for exposition. So they decided to make it Alan Wake light and be like, this is... It, you know, like in video games, when you encounter an NPC whose only job is to give you lore and nothing else, that's this guy. Yeah, like the the like head of the foundation and control or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like this guy exists explicitly so that our main characters can have just shitloads of exposition dropped on them for literally no reason other than this guy has collected information. Um, yeah. He's the backstory demon from season four. We'll get there. <laughs> but anyway. And so what What he drops on us really quickly is there were two nurses. They killed a bunch of people in an assisted living home. So they decided to open up their own, which was the murder house, the one we're in currently. Um, while they were there, when they were taking care of patients, they were like very picky about who they took in. But also their prices were good so they could get whoever they wanted. 
and the only criteria they had, and they slow roll this so hard, and like literally as soon as they were like they were spelling out their favorite word i'm like the first letter was m are they seriously gonna fucking do murder and like sure enough then it's just like oh her name is uwe bowl yeah <laughs> this is perfect <laughs> like oh so they were killing everybody and then spray painting it's not even blood on the walls for the record like normally when you do a haunted wall thing where yeah. no matter how many times you wash it it won't go away it's because <laughs> it's blood. blood right but this was just spray paint haunted. so apparently they got some real good ass curse spray paint <laughs> because With po- yeah they were just every time they kill somebody they'd write the first letter of their name and so like oh they're gonna spell out murder except they got chased out before they finished the last one so they just did murder and like if shelby or or matt had names that started with the letter r at least that would be a little i don't know more menacing or flora like Mm -hmm. if the kid had an r first yeah right like all right like if she was like rachel then it'd be like oh shit yeah yeah kid yeah (laughs) now it's like oh man you're messing with our plans of beyond the grave (laughs) this stinks you get you have like a friend (laughs) because that's the case and like none of the main characters have a name that starts with r it's even funnier that like they were menacingly like standing over lee when she was knocked like knocked out because then it like you can almost imagine that they're like god damn it if only this lady's name started with r is myrtle something nothing like in old english no ah (laughs) jeez yeah don't you have a middle name what's your middle name does it start with r like we have very specific rules we have to play by (laughs) we've been trying to wrap up this project for a long time now (laughs) i told you we should have just started over and found four people k-i-l-l and we'll be done whatever you know yeah then lee would be a slam dunk yeah yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they're all trying to live. They're like playing ghost boggle, trying to figure out how they can mm-hmm. make a word with L and F and but, S yeah. and M. <laughs> so, but yeah. So they, yeah. they spray it over and the whole lore is no matter how many times people painted over the letters, the word just kept appearing. So they wallpapered it. I guess that worked. <laughs> I guess yep. it was ghost proof wallpaper. <laughs> yeah. Which it's, it's not. It's, it's yeah, so important to note that at this point when he's doing the, the dump of exposition, he mentions that, like, the the police are informed because one day, like, the people who put the people in the home, the assisted living home, couldn't get a hold of their loved ones. So the police go to investigate. They even get the FBI and the Mexican police involved. Um so the law enforcement, the local law enforcement, very aware of what has happened in this home. Like very, very aware mm. of the specific atrocities that have happened in this home. And, Yet the police to the now viewer at home, pretend they you, don't you know. Might be, you might be confused if you aren't watching along and say, wait, I thought this author said this is what he was writing his story about. So did this actually happen or was it just his fiction? To which I say... Get fucked. <laughs> That's where I'm at too. They don't. They don't care. They won't yeah, tell you. No, they don't. <laughs> and that's and that's why I'm just so nervous with every reveal around the corner. <laughs> yep. Well, so, I have like kind of good news. That's not exactly the case. They should, well, for just, all intents yeah, and purposes, not, the cops should know. Okay. Well, let's let's okay. not. Yeah, let's not get into like things that are and aren't later on. So like. <laughs> Um, yeah, because yeah, like we want to keep that mystery. Because I want to so, know. But like, so yeah, yeah, so yeah, so, so they, they they put up wallpaper. Matt immediately reacts and goes, "Oh, M for Margaret," and sprints over to the living room and goes, "I saw two nurses shoot a guy, or a lady in the head, and then draw an M on the wall right over here." And Shelby goes, 
two ghost nurses. Sounds yeah. fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go, Shelby, you saw the. <laughs> yep, yep. You were the first person who saw the ghost nurses. And so he sprints over to the living room and starts ripping the wallpaper off the walls. And sure enough, uh, Mur- Murdy yep. <laughs> is up there. Murda. Murda? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's and then. Then they watch the rest of the tape, and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go into the house. Back me up, everybody. There's some. I think so, the something worse than the nurses stop the nurses. There's some kind of dark, malevolent force oppressing this entire region. I'm only safe if I'm not in the house. Well, anyway, time to go in the house. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just gets exploded when he walks in the house. Like he just like he reaches for a mirror, and something blows him up. Uh, and then their their door just like swings open and there's a cleaver in it. <laughs> sure, yeah, that Shelby. was in present time. They're watching the the tape and then they're watching oh. it. He gets exploded and then they're like a noise and then they go to their front door and there's a meat cleaver in the front door. By the way, can I say too the the movie they're watching has a couple of jump scares in it, like the video where he jumps in front and they come they pan back to like Lee and Shelby who go oh like they're scared by the jump scare, which is like the horror equivalent of laughing at your own jokes. Yes. You know when like your yeah. characters yes. are. Yeah. Scared by your jump scare. Eat shit. Anyway, sorry. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. That's all I wanted to throw in there. There is something else in the next scene that does the exact same thing. And I was, I said the exact same reaction. Where I was like, fuck off. Please. Yeah. Please fuck off. So, um, yeah. So this next part's kind of bullshit. Because, like, they're um, they're like, all right, we got to get out of here. Like, let's sell this house. They're like, we'll never get back what we paid for it. Even though you got it for a song and an auction. But fine. Um, so then the bank comes in, they're like, well, we're not a realtor. We don't have to disclose this stuff. Like, good fucking luck to you, you know, to which you had to do your due diligence. Like, oh, because we're, people are burning crosses on our front lawn. That's yeah. not due diligence. Due diligence doesn't cover that actually, homie. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't know. <laughs> and the, and it's like, yeah. And I think like one of them makes the point, like maybe the pokes will want it. And they're like, probably not. And it's like, probably actually that was like a thing like you know you can if you really need that to was a, in yeah. fact the inciting incident for the entire season yeah or, or for god's sake hire a realtor someone's gonna fucking sell it like don't you know just get out of here with this but whatever mm-hmm. also um, it seems like this would have been much less of an issue if matt hadn't doubled the price of the house at the auction for no reason at all yeah yeah also wasn't part of the reason matt moved here because he has family in the area, so couldn't they just go <laughs> live with his fucking family for a bit while the house sells? Like Jesus no, Christ! No, we gotta stay in the house. We won't have I am not episode. gonna get pranked by a motherfucker named Ishmael. I'm not getting pranked by an Ishmael. No, we're standing our ground. <laughs> it also seems like too, like if you have family in the area, it shouldn't just be the one. Like, oh yeah, my like my cop sister. Like there'd be like parents something, but no, no. So whatever. Um. And then, God, I hate the show. And then, uh, like, what happens next? Oh, yeah. Then Lee shows up with Flora. Flora, I just wanted to see her again, which is like, well, that wasn't a good move if you like that long-term goal. So um, she comes in. They all realize it's a bad idea. Uh, what do you call it? Shelby does a smart thing in a way, which is that she decides, like, screw this. I'm calling Mason about this. And then. Yeah, no. So, yeah. 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 She walks in and it just immediately like Matt's reaction is like, great. I saw my sister walk in with a felony, like yeah. just knew right away. And yeah, Shelby's just like, hey, hey, Flora, honey, you want to let's let's go work on your homework in the other room and I'll make you a snack real quick. Okay. Yep, and just yep. like shuffle, she kind of shuffles her off to another room while Matt's like 
hey, Lee, we need to talk real quick. And then in the background, yeah, Shelby calls Mason and goes, hey, yeah, just a misunderstanding. I know. I know you're so mad. Please, No, you don't need to call it. Do you want your daughter to see, you know, her, your, her mother get pulled away by the police? And, you know, basically manages to defuse the bomb. Shelby, real Chad move here, managing <laughs> to somehow keep this from becoming a big That's- issue, which it should be instantly. Also, yeah, and you know what? Good, you know, Shelby does great here, and Lee still gives her like a stink eye, which I'm like, are you fucking serious? Yeah, like, or, this, you know, this, she but she has this really weird thing where like Shelby like talks down Mason from calling the police, and then she gets off the phone and says that exact thing. She's like, I talked down Mason from getting involved with yeah. the police, and then. Lee has a really bizarre reaction where she's like saying something genuine, but she says it in a way that sounds like she's being passive aggressive. She's like, well, thanks for that. But like, I, yeah. she's being sincere. It's very I bizarre. Just wanted to, I just wanted to see my daughter. Well, then fucking yeah. wait like an adult. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And you know what? There's a couple things I could get behind that she's mad in a normal circumstance. Like she doesn't like Shelby. Shelby helps her out. And you hate it when like some, you know, like somebody who you don't like helps you out mm-hmm. or whatever. But this is fucking serious shit about seeing your kids. The other aspect, there is no realistic world where Mason's like talk down on this. You, you, yeah. you know what I mean? 100%. You left the other parent. They kidnapped or, him. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Or a realistic world where for some reason Mason didn't know where Flora was in a capacity where so, Lee was able to kidnap her. Right? This is the other thing that really bugs me because the way they explain this away is specifically when Lee in the interview is describing, she's like, I can't even explain it. I just wanted to see her. And there she was, which made me go, oh no, narrative control. Where are you at? <laughs> oh <laughs> yep. no, who's, uh-oh, who's, control of, who's in control of this universe? Don't like that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and then, uh, yeah, so then, um, you know, they, they put Flora in the other room. Shelby walks back in and goes, all right, Mason's on the way. He's not going to call the cops. He's going to come pick her up and then hopefully everything will be all right. And then uh, they walk back in the other room and go, well, you know, let's go at least, you know, to make sure Flora is okay. I only left her alone for 20 seconds. And then um, Flora is gone. (laughs) Just gone. (laughs) The siren song of of the little ghost girl, Priscilla, has lured her outside to the cellar door. For some Mm -hmm. reason, Priscilla exclusively spawns on top of the cellar door. I assume to get people to go there. She was also the scary lady outside of the window that both Matt and Shelby (laughs) saw to lead to the cellar door. So clearly mm-hmm. Priscilla is like a good guy ghost. Like she's trying to to like set everybody up for success by being like, here's all these clues. I'm the exposition ghost. Oh, what if she's just being shitty then to Flora and just be like, I just want the doll, so I'll tell her. Like I'll yeah. tell them if not, you know. But anyway, um so I really like, want that doll. Yeah. So like uh they yeah, they oh yeah, and then they find like three pigtails tied to a tree outside when they go oh looking my for God. her. Which this is like so yeah. frustrating. This is exactly like the, the jump scare thing because there's a like a montage of them very panickedly, all three of them running through the woods looking for Flora, and they run past a tree that has wriggling pigtails nailed to it. The characters do not see this. They run past it. They don't know it exists. So nobody but us, the people watching the fake documentary see the pigtails, which means that none of the characters in the documentary, whether real or actor, would have seen this to tell the people making the documentary to include it. It Mm -hmm. exists for no other reason than the documentary makers to show us, the audience, when it might not (laughs) have actually exist. Yeah. (laughs) We made it up. Fabricated. An author wrote it. It was bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's so, it's so yeah. it's so annoying. This this whole sequence is very annoying. Not to mention so, like the way that they know to go outside is because the fucking front door is open and pers- or uh, Flora is missing. And the thing that Lee really says is. We searched the whole house for her and she wasn't there. I'm like, but you noticed the front door being open immediately. So why did you bother searching the house when you knew she went outside? They say Flora, Flora's like conditioning and mind games are actually impeccable. When she decides to play the hide and go seek game, she often will lead many ruse cruises available, like opening the front door and then hiding in the basement. Um, it, yeah, she's gotten really good at it. Um, ne- you know, it's on us. We never put a stop to it. We let her keep doing it. We enabled her, and unfortunately, she just started getting competitive with it and didn't want to. She's break really spirit. good. Yep. Yeah, she's she's really good now. We don't <laughs> like any problem. We don't like any negativity in her upbringing. So yeah, we're fine with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Very supportive. Very supportive of this behavior. Except for right now, when we can't find her uh, in the woods. Um, Then this scene is very... Weird, it's almost like that's a game that's very fun until it's not all of a sudden, all at once. Yeah, (laughs) should have really thought of that one. The literal worst, worst case scenario has unfolded, and there was no way we could have avoided it. Um, So the the final scene of this uh, episode is very confusing to me, because it's Matt and Shelby, and they're looking for Flora. They can't find her. And then we hear Lee let out a scream at, like... uh, uh, in Hereditary when they find the dead girl. Um, so you would assume that what Lee has found off screen was, in fact, Flora's body. Um, it's not. It is Flora's very, very lightweight yellow hoodie, about 90 feet in the air, stuck to some branches in a tree. Mm-hmm. Um Lee treats this as though Flora herself is hanging 90 feet up in the air. From the tree. It's not. It's a very lightweight piece of clothing that could have definitely been carried by a strong wind. Um, but to Lee, it is the end of the end of it, Flora, I guess. It means Flora is dead. Yeah, I, in a show that's not afraid to have some very graphic imagery and have us very certain someone is dead, for example, lighting someone on fire and nailing a pigtail to their ass. Um Having a hoodie just stuck up in a tree feels like they're trying to be like subtle in a way that they don't get to. <laughs> you gotta yeah, choose no. what side you fall on, and it's not you don't get like we all know Flora's like not dead. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Why, why? Yeah, right. Like, why, I don't know, like, like if they were gonna, they I, would do something with it. Yeah, and I mean, especially comparatively, I feel like this is something I can be okay with Flora doing in the sense that like, oh my god, like maybe you have some like initial parent reaction of like, what if she climbed up there before coming to your senses of like, all right, this is probably just, you know what I mean? I can get it, but like, it is sort of like, the problem is they need an end of episode stinger and this is it. And Especially if you're also, especially if you're also in the, I just illegally kidnapped my child and um, now I kidnapped (laughs) my child and also lost them. uh, Yeah. You know, like. I don't know. I just feel like a a more realistic thing literally would have been like if they would have found the hoodie on the ground or like going down into the cellar. I agree. Yeah. That would have more gravity because it being 90 feet up in the air, like truly 90 feet up in the air without Flora being in it is more like. Like uh, the tallest tree in a clearing by the way yeah. like it is just there's also it's like an unclimbable tree like it's got no branches so there's right, like yeah, no yeah, way yeah. someone would have really swooshed up there because I, the only I answer for that is ghosts. like a ghost did it yeah it's right, ghosts yeah. whereas like if it was just on the ground oh one of the racists kidnapped her like right, putting yeah. it on the ground lends so much more gravity to finding the hoodie rather than it being Especially in the because sky because they had a theory earlier that Priscilla was maybe like one of the Polk's kids that they smuggled 
called into their house and like gave an elaborate series of pranks to perform on Flora, which again, hey Matt, hey Shelby, they're just some folks. <laughs> they're not like they're not prankster gods. They didn't train a goblin child to infiltrate. <laughs> <laughs> they get them so, started early yeah. in the polks. But um it's not that and but it is the end of episode, so that's that's the next that's this one. Um, yeah. So, um, confirmation, it's both ghosts. Um, there's an author who is writing about a thing that's allegedly real and also maybe not real. Um, there's a great terrible evil in the house. Um, the bank changed the street address to try and hide associations with the murders. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's apparently... They don't have a case with that. Um, somehow, uh, the bank just said, no, no, we don't want to. Yeah. Nah. They also say like also, a weird like, passing statement banks- about like that they would outsell or outbuy any potential buyers. And I'm like, I don't think a bank would be that involved in like yeah, trying to no, make sure they you don't didn't want- sell your house. Yeah, exactly. No, they're just like, look, I don't care. As long as if it's somebody who's going to be invested in, in a mortgage that we're going to get interest on, hell yeah, sell your fucking house. I'll get you the realtor, you know? Yeah. Like, like they're being this, weirdly yeah. combative about like someone buying the house for Matt and Shelby. I guess because they know nobody will pay as much as Matt stupidly did. It was an option, though. He, they absolutely would. Like, that's what the crazy part of it is. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense for the bank. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Uh, yeah, like I, I just can't imagine. But like for the bank, the house is just another asset, right? So like, it, I have a feeling they would probably be like, "Yeah, we can buy it back from you for uh, thirty nine thousand. Is that okay?" And like they'd be like, uh, "Sure." And then the bank has made a thousand dollars, and also they just have the property again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they, There's like, yeah, the bank, the bank doesn't care. The, it's all numbers to the bank. Banks don't take shit personally. They can't afford to. <laughs> N- none of none of this works because there's no scenario that like they didn't pay. And en- it, it's not enough. Like season one, they they're like they can't get out of the house because they invented a couple hundred thousand. It. This is 40 grand. It's a lot of money. It's their life savings. There's no world where you can't just get you can't just sell this to like the bank and the bank will be like, yeah, here's your here's 30 grand for it because we're going to get so much more if we sell this as a realtor or whatever. This is a foreclosure auction or what? You know, now you don't have to worry about any of this. I just don't get it. Like there's a lot of ways out for Matt, for the bank, for everybody. It doesn't really work, but whatever. It's fine. It's, this bank it's is a fine. little nasty man who it's specifically yeah. wants to uh, screw over. It's Ishmael's one. bank. Yeah. yeah. It's the first bank of Ishmael. God damn it. These polks again. <laughs> really hard to nail down these guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if only I knew where they're at. But he's the owner of the bank, and yet he's never at the bank. <laughs> hateful. Truly hateful. Indeed. Well... That's it for episode two of Roanoke. Um, hey, there's a chance we might have to do some two-parters up here soon because this stuff is ramping. So um, <laughs> look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. Until next time, everybody. Yep. Woo.